0: Hi, I'm Paul Shrimp.
1: And I'm Jeffrey Roach.
0: Welcome to Microdosing, where we look at small, specific things, such as a product, business, or person, that represents a bigger trend in healthcare. In this series, we'll be focused on the healthcare labor shortage, and I'm excited to team up with Jeffrey, who's a prominent leader when it comes to all things people in healthcare.
1: Thanks, Paul. And some say it's not just a labor shortage, but also a healthcare labor crisis. In this series, we have a lot of wonderful conversations lined up that gets at exactly why this isn't just a labor issue, but rather a multi-dimensional one around employee experience, digitization of workflows, and new business models to make healthcare workers' lives better, healthcare companies more stable, and ultimately deliver better quality of care to all patients.
0: We hope you enjoy.
1: Today, we're joined by Dr. Siltra Panier, Senior Vice President and Chief Nurse Executive at Providence. Sil, so it's so wonderful to have you here, welcome. Paul and I are so excited to have this conversation with you. You
2: bet, first of all, thank you so much to you both for, uh, for inviting me. I was looking forward to this conversation.
1: We wanted to ask you if you can just kind of start off by telling us a little bit about yourself uh, as well as the work that you lead at Providence.
2: So As you said, I serve as the system chief nurse for Providence, I've been serving in this role for uh, two years, this is uh, an organization that's based in Renton, Washington. We have ministries across different different states. We have, we call our hospitals ministries and we are in the state of Texas, New Mexico, California, Washington, Oregon, Montana, and Alaska. So it's 52 acute care hospitals and over a thousand clinics. I have the honor and privilege of leading nursing services for this organization, supporting over 40,000 nurses across all of the various states where we practice. I joined the organization five years ago. This is an organization that was founded by a various congregation of sisters. Um, Primarily, there's multiple, but the two biggest are the Sisters of Providence and the Sisters of St. Joseph, forming Providence St. Joseph Health. I've now been a nurse for 34 years this year and been a nurse executive since the early 2000s and have been Primarily in system and regional roles since 2008 is where I've been spending most of, uh, most of my time.
1: That's awesome. By far, you're one of the most engaging, thoughtful, and one of the chief nursing executives that for a while now, actually, I was looking back in, it was 2019, I think, that you actually in a Becker's interview specifically called out and said, people should be our priority. I'm curious in recognizing that you stated that, and I know you've continued to state that. In all the work that you lead uh, both internally and externally when you look at why are we here at a time in healthcare where we're continuing to face significant crisis i mean as we sit here right now we have a strike uh, in new york city of thousands of nurses walking the streets that have left uh, providing care uh, because of culture and because of pay and because of engagement and a whole host of other things why are we here
2: my my sense, um, you know, and you would have asked me this question three years ago, I probably would have had a different answer. Um, but I firmly believe today that the reason why we're here right now and things are happening the way you just described them is in great part because uh, the work has not changed and the work needs to change. Uh, I mean, at the crux of it, that's what it is. And that's easy to identify and very difficult <laughs> to change at the same time. Uh, Listen, we didn't get there in one day. And I think that everyone would agree to that and name all the crisis along the years. uh, And then you throw a pandemic on top of that, and boom, you know, it's like uh, someone, uh, someone took away our breath, Uh, the the ground has shaken, whatever analogy you want to use, it's just a different world. And yet, if you walk the halls of any hospitals today, you are going to notice that people are practicing the same way that they did when I graduated from nursing school. And we have new technology and the world has changed. It's like everything else changed around us, except the practice is still the same. There's something wrong with that picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A little bit
0: of a leading question here is as we're having these conversations and people are reaching out to the, the frontline workers and, and brainstorming, mm-hmm. do we think we're, we're asking the right questions or we're tapping in the right people? Because where I, I'm noticing a pattern is the average person, when you think about how to make your life easier, they take about, they think about the existing workflow and processes and try to figure out how to better optimize them. Versus stepping back and just blowing up the overall backbone in general and go after the Mm -hmm. symptom. But do we do we think we're deploying the right thinking and skill set as a national system around really thinking about stuff differently versus just finding new corners to squeeze if that if that makes sense. That's a totally leading question. So sorry.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll start there. We, we, we can do better. And in fact, I was in on a conversation not too long ago where I said that I worry that we're chipping away at it and we think that's going to be part of the solution. And, and it's almost to a certain extent, almost like we need to, we need to blow up the whole darn thing and we need to start all over again. Uh, but recognizing that that's actually almost impossible to do. So how do you get there, though? How do you have some meaningful, incremental, transformational changes, uh, that will allow us to get into that new space? During the pandemic, we started, you know, mm-hmm. testing stuff, because we just didn't have enough people. And because we didn't have the equipment that I mean, the, the, you name it. So we tried all different things. And That's a very important moment for us because we all allowed ourselves to see the world very differently. We weren't bogged down into the all the reasons why we can't do this. Oh, we can't do this because of that regulatory agency. We met the needs in the moment and we did what we needed to do. And that's the type of muscle that we need to flex more in order to get to, to blowing up healthcare as we know it today so that it looks very different. It's I mean, this is like turning the titanic in a bathtub right mm-hmm. i mean it's uh it's complicated it has so much so much uh it's you know it's intertwined between uh between regulations in academia and reimbursement and i mean you know in all that good stuff and it's very easy to get paralyzed it's very easy to get paralyzed
0: and that's and it's part of the pieces where I think we're trying to figure out how are we gonna to get to this new care model as a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, I can buy into some interesting arguments around the more digital first or virtually native or the care coverage plans, but when you look at the larger health systems, traditional systems, what do you think's the their advantage to make this happen? What do you think's gonna be holding it back? But it's I've been hearing this repeat phrase, and you didn't mention the word uh, crisis or disaster, but normally paired with that, many, many, many health systems love to step back and pride themselves on how they responded to a crisis. So when they had to change, we stepped up and changed. But when you have to opt into it, nobody seems to be opting in with that same zeal and gusto versus when they have to. And I'm just seeing like non-traditional players you know, seems to be better fundamental businesses than the traditional health system, but would love to get kind of, again, the, 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 mm. the strengths and weaknesses around turning that Titanic and that bathtub
2: around. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, uh, I worry greatly about anyone who thinks that they just keep on doing things the way they are right now and they're going to be okay tomorrow. That is not in my crystal ball, um, <laughs> uh, mine, mind shows me that we have to work differently. Uh, to be narrow focused on on the nursing workforce for a second. Mine tells me that I will never have enough nurses, no matter how good I am at hiring and no matter how good I am at retaining, as long as I keep on practicing the way I practice. That's what Mike Cristobal t- tells me. So to that end, then I have to engage, and we are engaging with our nurses in in redefining, redesigning what uh, what that's going to look like uh, tomorrow. And it's not one solution; there is no manual for it, uh, and it's really about testing different things. But it's also about freeing yourself up, freeing your mind to. To think of how else we could do stuff thingly enough, you could be talking to a group of nurses who will very clearly, very quickly identify a list of things, tasks, a list of stuff that, yeah, you know what, somebody else could do that. There really, it really isn't a need for me to do this. You don't need to be licensed and others could do it. So we'll all agree on what that list is. And then you go into a session to redesign the work and then you start asking yourselves, okay, so somebody else is going to do that. And then all of a sudden we go into a mode of no, wait, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? I'm not going to do that anymore. What do you mean? I have to let go of that. And I'm using the word letting go very deliberately because I believe that part of our, um, part of of our struggle, like it's very difficult for people to let go. And that's part of change. It's part of adapting to a new a new world. So all the, all the science around adaptation, very intrigued by that right now. And really, I think that there's, this is a space, a place where, where leaders need to be leaning in to better support their teams who need to adapt and change and transform drastically for, for tomorrow.
1: It's interesting that you talk about that because... Um... I know many actually have suggested that a lot of the challenges around workforce also come down to a crisis in leadership. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you look across, uh, you know, leadership uh, at our healthcare systems, we've now seen more resignations, more retirements probably than ever have been seen before in the time period. And just want to get your thoughts when you look at at that, what gives you hope for the future? Um, because I know Providence has actually been an organization where you've seen some newer leaders making its way to the C-suite. Um, and so, you know, curious from your vantage point of what kind of gives you hope around that.
2: You know, what gives me hope are the people. It's our nurses, it's our physicians, it's everyone coming in every day and who have in really difficult situation over the last, over the last few years. So that does give me, give me hope, but also gives me hope is the is the fact that I just know that and you alluded to that earlier, right, when you when we do find ourselves in in a crisis, we get it done. And we got it done. And to a certain extent, this is no different. It's unfortunate that it has to be that way that we could do it proactively, it is what it is. And so I'm very hopeful for that. And I would also add that what gives me hope Is when I think back, particularly an organization like ours, when I think back over the centuries, and I think back about all the various crises that have occurred, that the sisters have weathered through time, I just know that then that we will be fine. We'll be okay. We will figure it out.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. That's very insightful for folks that that still find it to be a struggling environment. I think the encouragement, to your point, to think back and look at the sisters and others who have been trailblazers for so long. Obviously, um, some people would suggest, you know, I mean, as the son of a nurse, my mother always says, just listen to our nurses. I mean, they are the most trusted profession, just recently acknowledged again. Um, and, you know, some people would say, we don't listen enough uh, to our nurses. And obviously, you're a leader that, that not, not only are you a nurse, but you also listen uh, to your colleagues and think about how you practice that uh, each and every day. I'm curious, though, I mean, you, you referenced some of this talking about going back in history. But if you could go back 10 years and change one thing about the whole healthcare system, system, what, what would that be?
2: I would have worked on the new care model 10 years ago. Uh, it was due to be changed ten years ago, and and there were signs of that, uh, but we didn't latch onto that. So that that is one thing that I would change differently. You know, we've had tons of conversations over the last few decades about the importance of practicing to top of license and and the likes, and that's that's part of it. And there's there's always been aspiration of that. And yet, so much so much pushback in making drastic uh, changes like that. Uh, that's, that's what I would do 10 years ago, I, mm-hmm. uh, and then design the work that way, as opposed to designing the work from a perspective of now you have all these licensed and credentialed and degreed individual, and who should be doing what. I think it needs to be, what do patients need? And then you put a team in front of them to meet those needs. And here's what I suspect is going to happen over time. We're gonna realize that we have a heavily degreed workforce that we maybe now don't need as much.
0: Is there some reframing? Because I think where nurses, or lots of stats that I read about, is nurse to patient ratio. Mm -hmm. And your earlier point is, we just don't have enough nurses, so the nurse-to-patient ratio needs to go up, but I think where you're going is we also need to reevaluate what is the nurse involvement in that nurse-to-patient ratio, and it should probably be actually less to, to make room for other types of skills and roles to, to round out the right people for the right knee, but would love to get your thoughts on kind of any shifts around how we need to be thinking about metrics or how we evaluate and, and determine the environment a nurse plugs into.
2: Yeah. I'm going to start with saying that I, I am, I'll be the first one to admit that in the way we practice today, we don't have enough nurses. And I want to say it this way so that it's, so that my comment that I'm about to say about nurse to patient ratio is not misconstrued. I believe, and I, and I know that when you practice in a certain model, it calls for a certain nurse-to-patient ratio. But here's the thing, is that it assumes that you practice in a primary care model. So what if today and tomorrow you don't practice in a primary care model? What if you have a completely different team because you're basing this on what the patients need? Then the roles are completely different. hmm and that's a slippery slope. So we have to be very careful about what we ask for as a profession so that we don't box ourselves in a mode of, of practice that is going to be irrelevant tomorrow.
0: Yeah, very good point. And if we were to, to, to fast forward to 2033, what does this new world look like if, if we do all the right things?
2: Uh, well, for one thing, it's going to bring joy back in the practice, right? So imagine a world where you, where the entire healthcare team is is deployed so that you meet the needs of our patient. Well, that's going to bring joy back in practice. It's it, you're going to feel like you're fulfilled by doing what is it that you are that you are doing. It's it is also going to make for a much better experience. I would argue that it's then going to be a much safer place to give care, but a much safer place to get care. And I would, I would, I would also hope that it's an environment that actually is not costing us more than it needs to, because that's also another thing that we need to be very mindful of. We can't afford our healthcare system the way it is right now let alone infusing so many licensed individual and not necessarily meeting the needs of our patients anyway. Aren't we doing the definition of insanity, which is keep on repeating, doing the same thing and expecting different results? We kind of sort of are.
1: Well, really insightful uh, conversation around something that we know is still very challenging. Whether it's retention, whether it's recruitment, whether it's culture, these are definitely continue to be some of the most challenging times. And Paul and I want to thank you for taking this time to spend and have this discussion on really an important topic and appreciate all the work that you and your colleagues at Providence continue to do in really furthering nursing excellence and ensuring that the ministry continues throughout all of the communities that you serve. Thanks again for all your work.
2: And thank you for the invitation. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you for listening to microdosing. If you'd
0: like more content like this, go to our website at md-pod.com. And that will triage you to all the common podcast platforms and social media pages to follow us. Until next time, cheers.